0: Podcast can explore potentially sensitive and triggering topics throughout each episode, including but not limited to mental health, physical health, trauma, addiction, and even death. If at any time you become triggered or impacted, please connect with your local resources or report to your local emergency room. Ahead of the game is not intended to be a substitute for professional mental advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All opinions expressed by a head of the game guest are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of the head of the game host, Sage Elite Healing, or its team of professionals. Always seek the advice of your licensed medical professional regarding questions or concerns with your mental and physical health. Please know there is help and you're not alone. All righty. Hello again. Welcome to another episode of Ahead of the Game podcast. Today I am joined by some very special guests today. Um, I also have Mr. Zach Moore, um, five-year NFL veteran, um, fellow co-host, and today we have Mr. Anton Barnes um, CEO owner of the brand architects. Um, he's also, um, the Sage elite marketing guy. He's on team Sage elite with us. So uh, Uh, this is, this is a, this is an in-house podcast today. Um, you know, because we have a couple, uh, you know, an important topic to discuss and that is one, you know, here we are, we're Sage elite healing. We work with athletes and we're based in Boulder, Colorado and the university of Colorado, um, just recently signed, um, very, a very, uh, let's say, famous person by the name of Mr. Dion Primetime Sanders. So now Mr. Primetime is going to be on Mountain Time. Um, So one, uh, as a company, we're we're excited for that um, as a player coach. But at the same time, we really want to peel back the layers of this because there's been a lot of discussion um, in regards to his involvement in the HBCU um, and, and him actually taking this position. And to be honest with you, Anton, I really want to, I want to switch it to you, um, you know, and you're a graduate and alumni of Morgan State, correct? Yes, Ooh, I am. Uh, there
1: yeah, it, there is. it is. <laughs> so where,
2: where, where exactly is that located, if you don't mind sharing, for people so, who don't know? So Morgan State is a historically black university that was established in 1867, right in Baltimore, Maryland. Wow. Um, wow. And if, no, if people don't really know the histories of HBCUs, I'll kind of dive into that. HBCUs were formulated right after slavery. Uh, right when the slavery was abolished, HBCUs were formulated and created throughout the country because, of course, as we all know, when slavery ended, racism didn't. Okay, you know, we had you had deconstruction, you had Jim Crow, you had segregation. So a lot of the bright minds uh, that were of African American descent, and I guess you could say, and and people think that all black people were slaves. They weren't. Okay. So, you know, they were very, there. we had a lot of magnificent inventors, politicians. People don't realize, and I'm going to just touch this, people don't realize that there were actually more black men in Congress and Senate, and the Senate Mm. immediately after the Civil War than there actually is now.
0: That's crazy. I didn't, I mean, yeah, that's insane.
2: You know, so people don't know, but then when deconstruction ended and that's another topic for another story. Basically these Jim Crow laws, and that's when the KKK was formulated to create terrorism to encourage black people not to vote, and basically kicked these black people out of power positions in government. So with that being saying, seeing all of these events starting to formulate, we so, created our own educational system. And that's when the HBCU started becoming uh, popping up all over the country and being formulated and created so we can advance our not just our education, okay, but our culture. Uh, because as we all know, it was stripped from us and it continues to be stripped from us. And that's why we consider HBCUs as national treasures. And that's why it's such a very to- touchy topic to us. Whenever we feel like someone took advantage of us, I would say, or, and used us as I guess you could say when you go to an HBCU, it's a family environment. Okay. Right. It's, yeah. it's something I tell people, unless you went to an HBCU, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, or whatever. You just don't know unless you really attended, attended uh, a HBCU and really experienced it and lived it. Uh, me, myself, you know, I actually, it's funny. I was exposed to HBCUs by a TV show called A Different World. <laughs> and right, school classic, it. and I'm sure everybody's familiar with that. So yeah. you know, even myself, I was like, "Wow, there's HBCUs. There's people that look like me that want to be engineers or rocket science. I mean, judges, you name it. Right. And they weren't just athletes. So you know, coming out of school myself, I was a top, highly recruited athlete, and I went to you know, I I would have the opportunity to play at Clemson University. Um, upon my going down there, I had a death in my family, my father, my father was very influential in my life. We were very close. And literally a month after graduating, I lost him and I needed time to get my mind right. And I basically went to Clemson and told him, Hey, I need to, you know, can I be red shirted? Like, I, I just can't play right now. And I saw how they shifted on me. Mm. I saw how they just were like, you know what? No, I was, I was just a piece of their puzzle see what I mean Mm -hmm. and I was just part I was just an athlete Mm -hmm. that's all I was they needed me for the football field if I can't do that they didn't want anything to do with me that 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 changed my perspective and that's when I did some soul searching and I uh I was originally I was looking at Howard University I was looking at Hampton University Uh, Hampton University is based out of Hampton, Virginia, down by Virginia Beach. Mm -hmm. Howard University is in Washington, D.C. And I was looking at Morehouse University, which is in Atlanta. But then I saw Morgan State and I went to I went to visit it and I fell in love and it was close to home. But it was it was far away from home. You know, like I had to Mm -hmm. get out of New Jersey, you know, but I was there to go back home. And when I tell you, it really Going to Morgan State, it really helped me grow into who I am. Uh, it helped me find out who I am. And it really delved deep into our history because I'm a, I, I'm a history minor. And our history is totally different than the history that I learned in high school. Yep. Right. Yeah. You know, I was like, wow, who are these people? Right. Seriously? You know, I didn't know this. Mm -hmm. and it's part of the let's just be honest the systematic racism that's been placed in this country to not inform us and educate us of our history to empower us to let us know we could be more and see and that's the difference Mm -hmm. with hbcus i i I tell like zach i'm gonna just use you for an example you know being a black man going to a pwi a lot of times when you're on campus the the people that you see that look like you're are usually other athletes, correct? Yeah. You hard. know, you're, exactly. Whereas on the HBCU campus, you're running into people that are engineers, doctors, lawyers. They don't want, they they can't, they can't bounce a basketball for their lives. They're not athletes, they're professionals, you know? So it's a totally, it's like, I tell people, it's it, it, it really opens you up to a world of potential that you're not stereotyped as or pigeonholed as is just being an athlete or an entertainer.
0: Now, did you have this awareness before you made that choice to go to an HBCU? Did your parents or your family kind of steer you in that direction or.
2: Some, some, but no, because my father, God bless his soul was a successful businessman, but he didn't attend college. You know, he went into my mother. She was local, you know, growing up in New Jersey, you know, I think the, the farthest, the northernest, northernest HBCU is you have Lincoln University and Cheney University, which is in Pennsylvania. Most HBCUs are in the South because of the strict mm-hmm. segregation Jim Crow laws mm-hmm. in the history of the country. So everything is in the South. And the farther South you go, the more, boy, I tell you, they're into it. <laughs> it's like a religion. No, I'm being honest. And I mean, it's, 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 it's a, it's a. Like I said, it's a family type of bond. Even if you don't even graduate, if you just—I know people that just went and didn't even graduate, but that connection—it really helped mold them into who they are. So, previously, no, Mark. I really—I I, upon—I mean, I knew I saw these movies and these TV shows, and I started digging into it. But my parents didn't even have, you know, any real information about that.
1: Mm. Um, so I wanted to quickly ask. Now you—you you touched on, you know, you fell in love with Morgan State. Um, so if you can remember what specifically or some things about it that made you say, OK, this is the school I want to go to, as opposed to the other ones that you mentioned that you were kind of interested in.
2: Because once I stepped foot on camp on campus, I felt welcomed. I didn't mm, feel okay. like, OK, who's this guy? I wasn't looked upon like, OK, oh, do you play football? Like, you know, yeah, yeah, when yeah. you're at a PWI, that's it. Yeah. Oh, do you, are yeah. you an athlete? No, I'm not an athlete. Yeah. Right. No, there's other things that I want to do. Like people, it was more or less of, OK, who's Anton as a man, not the athlete. And it was just so welcoming. It felt like I was, you know, away from home. And it was about it was a it's a culture of, OK, we really it's a culture that, OK, no, we're really going to take care of you. OK, no, you're not just here to be. No, we're going to take care of your son. You know, we're going to take care of your child.
0: Now, did the HBCU, um, did you get a lot of, you know, offers as a highly recruited athlete? Did they do a lot of recruiting?
2: You know what? And the scene we'll kind of segue into the Deion. Yeah. a lot of times HBCUs, listen, you know, they, of course, they don't have the facilities of Clemson or Georgia Right, right. Or they whatever. They
0: compete with all of that, right?
2: Thank you. So, you know, but that's what I tell people. HBCUs, Yes. We like our sports. But guess what? Morgan State has one of the top engineering schools on the East Coast, not just HBCUs, but colleges, period. Right. Our focus is different. OK, we want we I think Morgan has a contract with NASA. You know, mm. I know friends now that are federal judges that I mm. went to school with. So our our thinking pattern is like, OK, yeah, we want to invest in this, but we want to invest in these things. You know, our business department, our engineering department, Uh, Dr. Earl Graves. He's one of the he owned Ebony magazine. He was one of the most successful African-American businessmen in the country. He's a Morgan State uh, alumni. So we were looking up to those guys. You know,
0: I think you're touching on on such a I mean, there's a huge spectrum of this when you're talking about PWIs, Um, you know, Harvard just released, or, you know, a couple of years ago, they released their study on professional football and looking mm-hmm. through um, the access of football and to where they actually really introduce tackle football to black children a year and a half to two years earlier than they do to white children. Yep. And, and, and those PWIs are, are, you know, and I'm speaking openly, I'm not here to offend anybody, any universities that may be listening, but yeah. at the same time, y- they're a part of that that track system or, you know, that, that poaching system um, to where you do get looped into, oh, he's a black man on campus. He's an athlete.
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah. And you got to go back to the, you got to go back, you go back 40 years ago, the top, the top football players that were black, that were in the NFL, they went to HBCUs because guess what? The white colleges didn't want
0: them. Right.
2: But then when they started seeing the money, once the dollar signs came in, they started plucking all of our talent. Right. Started taking them all, you know, from our HBCUs, all of the top recruits. Everybody was going to PWI. Oh, now you want us. Right. You know, you just you just didn't want us, but now when you see that it helps you, now you want us. Interesting. Yeah.
1: And that's that is really interesting cuz you know, I'm thinking back myself when I came out of you know, high school, um, speaking on, you know, the recruiting process for HBCUs. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, you know, um, I was a top player in Illinois, and I was kind of wondering, like, well, why didn't, you know, many HBCUs try to reach out to me? And, and at the time, I didn't know too many HBCUs. I think I was only familiar with um, Spellman, Clark Atlanta, Morehouse. I think the one, those are in Atlanta. Yep. Um, so that was really all the ones that I knew about. Um, so I didn't even know, you know, there were as many as, you know, Was it 107? There's 107 currently, correct. And
0: that's something that I didn't know about. I mean, I knew, I mean, I I was under the impression there was 15 to 20 when I was doing my (laughs) research. I was like, holy moly, there's 107? I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, it, I think that'll be, you know, pretty cool to kind of get recruited by those type of, you know, schools. But like you had mentioned, they shift their focus elsewhere, which is not a bad thing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, especially in the black community, we need to push, you know, our people into more other things instead of being, you know, entertainers, rappers, athletes, and stuff like that. So um, I can see why they do that. Um, but you know, knowing what I know now, I kind of wish that I had you know attended uh, HBCU just to get that experience, like you said. Because I went to a PWI, um, you know, and like you said, if you know, if you the only other I probably say it's probably like maybe a handful of black people that were at the school that didn't play football. Maybe you know, I can probably count on both hands. So it's it's a much
2: different experience. It is. It is. And Mar- and Zach, you're not the only one that said it. I, I won't disclose the name, but one of one of our current clients who, you know, went to University of Georgia, won a national championship, and he's a mechanical engineer major. You may People may put two and two together, but he said it. he was like, I was the only black guy in my class. I was yeah. the only one. And he said it, too. He said, if it wasn't for football, I would have went to a HBCU. And seeing and that's where we'll touch into Dion. And, you know, I think what ruffled our feathers with what he recently did, you know, and people, you know, it it feels like he came in like, okay, with the, and this is out of his words. God sent me to save HBCUs. Us, we're looking at each other. Well, we don't, we really don't need no saving. Let's be clear. We're here. Right, <laughs> you know? You've been yeah. operating here without me. <laughs> <We've> been, <laughs> you know? Now we want, of course we accept help and we want help, but we felt like okay, we were all excited when he came in because he was saying all the right things. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I'm here, I want to bring I want to highlight these treasures, I want to bring the top talent here so we could get the funding, so we could get all of these things, so we can up so we can have the top recruits coming here on a regular basis. And we're like, yay, yeah, 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 yeah. But then Two and a half years later, he pulls the plug and we're like, whoa, Mm -hmm. okay, seriously? You expected that to change within two years? In our mind, and this is my personality, okay, you created a buzz. That's all you did. That's not change. Oh, he brought so much attention to HBCUs that people that didn't know about it. Okay, and are they cutting checks? Are they, are they, yeah. are they doing, you know what I mean? Like did five-star
0: recruits still going to the universities? Thank
2: you. And now yeah. you see these guys leaving mm-hmm. the same guys that came there on the basis of him. And, and Zach knows this. all these coaches do this. They all do this. Okay. Yeah, they you
0: know, all do it's, this. it's all a sales pitch. And
2: It's all a sales pitch, but to us at HBCU, we're so welcoming. We're so like family oriented and we, this is me and a lot of my cohorts, we felt like he used that against us. You see what I mean? And it wasn't just Jackson State. Okay, you doing Jackson State. No, he was like, HBCUs. I'm going to change the culture. Me, pers- me, 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 me. And I'm like, and then you go do this. at The first opportunity that comes to the table, and people are like, well, you know, who knows if those opportunities won't be. Listen, okay, he wins another two more SWAT because he didn't even uh, fulfill his full contract. We're like, dude. You didn't even fulfill so what, your.
0: What was his contract? I.
2: He had a four-year contract.
0: Four-year, okay.
2: So I think he had one more year on his deal. Well, and,
0: I? I was going to ask a question in regards to, and I and I, if you want to finish your thought, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to cut. Oh, good, good. Go I, I, you know, I see. Um, <clears throat> speaking in a macro level, really up here above everything, you know, we can also kind of see historically that um, white America has done an awful lot of not only oppression, but at the same time poaching black culture, right? Yes. Taking your Mm -hmm. culture and making it a part of ours. Um, And, you know, really black culture is American culture. If we, if we look at it, right. And, And, and that's the reality of it. And, and, but we can kind of see where this situation with Dion is like, that's what kind of crossed my head. And and, and I'm speaking this openly and sensitively as a white man that I yeah. saw it as like this. It's almost like there's the white people poaching again.
2: Exactly. Like the players. They saw right. talent. I, because, I live in
0: I live in Boulder. There's not a yeah. lot of diver- there's not a lot of diversity. here. <laughs>
2: Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: Mountain yeah. folk, right. You know what I mean? There's a yeah. lot of people from different areas that live here and yeah, there is some pockets of diversity, but if we, if we understand the, the, the environment of football, American mm-hmm. football, it doesn't really add up to most of the other universities. And I, exactly. Sorry Boulder. I'm just speaking freely.
2: <laughs> no, it's a fact. I mean, he's, he's taking over a program that is, you guys, I mean, let's be honest, they do have an identity crisis. They've mm-hmm. been terrible for years and and you know us being african american and being black we want people to enjoy and love our culture i love other people's culture love i love asian culture i love white go me personally i travel all over the world right. but i'm proud of mine as well too and that's what it's supposed to be about it's supposed to be a melting right. pot okay right. but right. don't but don't but our thing is like okay don't utilize it to the point where I'm going to be perfectly honest with you guys now. I think Jackson State is going to be left worse off than what it was before he came. And I'm going to tell you why. Because now it almost, if you look at it from the outside, and and—and and I'm going to just use you, Mark, as an example, who has no, or both of you guys who really don't know anything about HBCUs. Mm-hmm. What, now you're going to look at like, okay, yeah, HBCUs don't have the facilities. They don't have the capabilities because this was their number one cheerleader. And he's leaving already. So in your mind, will you be like, okay, I'm gonna still go to Jackson? No, Dion's not there. He he couldn't stick, stick it out for not even four years.
0: I'm not gonna buy a Jackson State sweatshirt if Dion's not coaching there.
2: Thank you. Oh, so would you go play football you know? then? if well, you're? I, if I, you're I probably
0: recruit, wouldn't. You know.
2: There you go. Because in your mind, he went from one. He went from one end of the spectrum and they were like, Oh, he did this. He did. They won this. Okay, great. He brought, he came in with a tsunami, but now I think there's going to be a Sahara desert there.
0: Yeah. I yeah. take my ring. I take my ring and enter the portal.
2: And that's what they're yeah. doing. Yeah. His son is leaving. Uh yeah. I think all of his top recruits are leaving. The five I mean, star the, wide
0: receiver. I forget his name. All of these, is, yes. he's, he just transferred to Colorado. Yep. Um, you know, so yeah, that's that's why I wanted to focus on this conversation in, in this topic, because you know, Zach, I'm gonna I'm gonna point towards you now. Um mm-hmm. uh, being a black man going into the NFL, um, there is nothing but exploitation, culture mm-hmm. to culture. Definitely. Culture to culture, right? Um and so, you know, flipping it back and in and in, in reflecting on your experience um as a black athlete in, in a predominantly white man ruled in a power situation industry right um mm. how did how did how does this topic um sit with you and how did you process it as you kind of saw it come across the bottom of your screen
1: yeah so it was it was quite interesting to me and uh, the reason why I said it is because like you know like we discussed I don't really have any knowledge of hbcus mm-hmm. um but from my from what I can see outside looking in Dion, you know from what I could see he definitely had an impact on you know, Jackson State and, you know, the recruitment and, you know, getting guys, especially, you know, young black kids excited to be a part of HBCUs and, you know, playing football, which is like a two for one, in my opinion. You get to go to an HBCU, get coached under a black guy who, you know, looks like you, mm-hmm. um, that has played in the NFL, had, you know, a tremendous amount of success, and you get, a you know, a great education. Um, so for him to, you know, now flip the script and kind of, you know, jump ship and not fulfill his obligations. Uh, it is really eye opening to me as to you know specifically why he would do that, and then you know choose Boulder, Colorado out of you know, I don't know if he had any other options, but you know that I w- I would <laughs> like to hear like his reasoning behind that, but um you know speaking as far as you know in the NFL you know uh, teams exploiting us um that you know that's that's just what they do uh, you know we're we're seeing his numbers uh, re- really replaceable guys expendable it's a revolving door of us. Uh, We know that, you know, the league primarily doesn't really care about majority of the players. So um, this is kind of like, you know, it's, is I wouldn't say it was shocking, but it's kind of, it kind of leaves a big question mark to me is like, why, you know, why now, why couldn't he, you know, fulfill his obligations? Uh, What did he see in Colorado that he didn't see at Jackson state? So there's like, you know, there's a pretty lot of, questions that i have in my head is maybe he can answer that you know sometime like a a press conference or something but those are some things i want i'll be honest
0: with you i've been thinking about that too and i pretty much you know i i feel probably colorado gave him the check and said dude you have a wide 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 open chalkboard do whatever you want
2: and that's what we that's how we feel and to be perfectly honest with you it, it got to the point too where his he got so egotistical, and what really drive drove us. I don't know who you. I don't know if you guys know who, Eddie Robinson Jr. coaches at. Oh God, I don't think it's Southern. I think it's Alabama A and M. But basically, it was all in the news. He got into an altercation with Dion in the middle got, of the
0: field, right? He, he yeah, shake his hand or something. He didn't like shake that. his hand. Okay, and
2: everybody yeah. jumped on Eddie Rob. Everybody jumped on Dion's side, yeah. and Dion was like, and they. They interviewed the head, they interviewed uh coach Eddie Robinson Jr. He said it. He's not swack. He's not swack. And that's because that's the conference. That's like saying you're not Big Ten. Yeah. And let's be honest, Eddie Robinson Jr. is swag. <laughs> you're like, there's no denying. And then was like, I'm not swack. I'm not. Oh, yeah. This literally happened two months ago. Literally. Right, right, right. Remember this? This is this yeah. isn't yeah. this is this is recent. Well, because and- I saw
0: that I saw that as them clashing in the middle of the field, and it was more of like there's a I, you know I was looking for unity as like resurrecting or bringing more money mm-hmm. to to that you know HBCU yeah. environment. So yeah, that's what I saw. Um,
2: and and it looks like Coach Robinson knew the, knew all along. Mm-hmm. He knew that he was listen before I'm be you know this is from what I'm hearing and knowing and and Dion was looking for a job previously. Okay. And no FBS was, no B, no other FBS college was going to give him a head coaching job out the back. Right. He would have had mm-hmm. to take the necessary steps, assistant yep. coach, blah, blah. But because of who he is and ego, even though he doesn't have any coaching experience, okay, he took advantage, and that's how we feel. He took advantage of our welcoming, nurturing environment at Jackson State. He saw a school that was desperate. He saw a school that was in a very – listen – Jackson State is one of the most un- underfinanced colleges in one of the poorest states, Mississippi, one of the racist states. Mm-hmm. OK, mm-hmm. and he basically they went in there and gave they, they gave him the keys to the car. Do whatever you want, Dion. OK, we don't have a lot, but this is what we have. Mm-hmm. And he committed. He and he took it. So it was always about money. And everybody's like, well, he I wouldn't turn that down. I wouldn't turn that down. I'm like, see, how do you think that impacts the development of these young men? And see, and that's what I really want to touch on. Okay. How do you think that affects them in regards to being committed to something? Is it just about the quick dollar or is it committing to something? Right. Making
1: a difference.
2: There you go. And his big thing was, I'm in here to help develop these young men. But then look at your actions. You're teaching Mm -hmm. them the same thing. And then they wonder why young black men have a problem with commitment. Well, look who they idolize.
0: Or even trust. Correct?
2: Thank you, Mark. Thank you. You know, How working
0: you? as a as a white man that works with, you know, 98% of my clientele are black men.
2: Yes. And, and, and
0: the number one issue is, is, is trust.
2: It's trust. Exactly. Listen, Dion isn't broke. It's not like he, he couldn't wait another year or two. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest. There's other HBCUs that got big budgets. You got North Carolina A&T. You have FAMU. You have Morgan State you have Hampton, you have, uh, oh goodness, uh, who else? There's a number of HBCUs that, okay, may not be able to give you five million yet, but they give you a million and a half and they got better facilities. Okay, leave Jackson State, but stay in the HBCU realm. He mm-hmm. just totally, just l- totally deserted us. And we're like, wow, Seriously?
0: Did you know, did now any of the people within HBCU hear of any rumblings of that he was trying to mark or I guess campaign his tenure at Jackson State to kind of, it's kind of like a race car driver, right? You start off in a small car and then you get to the faster car and then you get to the, you know, did anybody know that, that that was, I mean, it sounds like Mr. Robinson did.
2: Yeah, I think he did it, and and to be honest with you, I had an idea because of knowing his character, knowing who he is. Listen, Dion didn't go to HBCU, right? Florida State. Right. Dion, prior to this, Dion wasn't a big social justice voice. Dion wasn't, and I and I think he and and this is just me, and I'm saying it, but I, I listen, I speak my mind, and I'm in marketing. I think he jumped on the wave when HBCU started coming out with other top players. Like going to Howard and all of this it it came a it became like a fad almost like, oh, I want to go to HBCU. Yeah, this well, is not I, George Floyd
0: I also don't remember him being like a motivator of men,
2: thank you,
0: you know what I mean like I don't remember him being outspoken like you're that social justice component and being a motivator of men. Um, now, yeah. I'm sure, you know, I, I work with players that that were his teammate and they say, yeah, he was a great guy. He would motivate you in the locker room and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. like this, this whole thing of like coaching, leading, being out front of like armies of men. Yes. Uh, that's that's seemingly new in his life. Correct.
2: That's I mean, fairly. New, and it's fairly something that he walked around because he was commentating football. <laughs> right. Yeah. he was on, You know, yeah. so it wasn't like, OK. I think, of course, yeah, when George Floyd happened, I think a lot of people got the wake-up call. So maybe that had been something that, you know, sparked him. But I'm like, listen, there have been people out there on the social justice side and equality side previously. Because George Floyd, listen, I'm being honest with you, Mark. That's been going on in our community for decades. That's nothing new to us. Right. That's not new to us. It just so happened to get caught and it got exposed during COVID when the rest of the world and white society was yeah. sitting down and they didn't have their things going on. So it caught their they're like, wow, I didn't know this was going on. Dude, this has been going on for the yeah. longest. And yeah. it happens on a regular basis. So I think a lot of people jumped on that title wave, including a lot of black people to be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what we feel like, okay, you took we've you took our what we've been suffering with for the longest to uplift yourself and now you're gone. And it's like, just going back to how the players you used us for yourself. Now, what about the people that are left behind? Like, what are the ramifications?
0: I think, I mean, we, that talks about another huge issue that I know working with black men, is, and that's abandonment.
2: Yes. Right? That and that, and that's, be, a, uh, that's abandonment that
0: t- within, you know, if you could speak to that.
2: Yeah. I mean, Zach, do you want to touch on that or you want me to?
1: Um, well, the issue with abandonment, I feel as though, you know, and that's prevalent in the black community. You know, you see a lot of young black men grow up without, um, a real like father figure um, in the household. And, you know, many people don't know, which they should like that has, you know, dire ramifications on that child's development. Um, they don't have, you know, a man in the house or even around like a father figure in their life to teach them, you know, how to be a man, how to conduct yourself as a man. Um, then they look, then they turn to, you know, they end up turning to the street life or mm-hmm. looking up to rappers that are, you know, propaganda or mean, hatred. Or and, they
0: even, they turn to a football coach that exploits their talent for his benefit.
1: That too.
2: You that too. I mean? um, that too. Back in the day, it was the drug dealers. Right. Yeah. Okay. You know, the drug dealers showed them love. So they gravitated to that. So it's like, okay, Dion, what about the kid that could have gone to another HBCU? Okay. He may not have been able to go to Georgia or Tennessee, but he could have went to another HBCU and you're not taking him to Colorado because you're only taking the top guys, including your son. Now he's stuck or he doesn't, he gets into the portal and no other HBCU, you know, he doesn't get picked up. Now he's stuck in Jackson. You've sucked their resources dry. You know, no kid's going to want to come there now. Um, I I, I could be wrong, but I know if I was a recruit and I saw Dion leave and he's talking, oh, we are gonna do this, mm-hmm. and now he's complaining about the resources. I'm not gonna go there if I could go to, you know, Tennessee or Georgia. Right. Right. It's it's I think it has a lasting – Listen, in order to make change, there needs to be consistency. It needs exactly. take it take time. Yeah. More
0: than
2: more two more than two years. and a half, three years. Yeah. yeah. Three years. He was there for three years. And nobody started talking about him until he started winning games. Last year and this year, his first year, I think they lost three or four. So there was buzz. And, of course, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then him getting, you know, Barstool and all of these people to come down there, you know, and start until he started winning games. And the people that he's affiliated with Barstool, we look at them, too, like, okay, they're opportunists. They're not really about HBCUs. They really – whatever. No, they're self-centered. You know, we – We we pride ourselves on being intellectuals at HBCUs, so we sit back and we pride ourselves on really looking at things, analyzing it, and breaking it down. And of course, hey, yeah, you know, he oh, what about his family? He has to take care of his family. He has to take care of his coaches. That's what they. That's one argument people are saying. Okay, (laughs) cool. Seriously, (laughs) seriously. Oh, he had to get them better. I saw an interview. I I think it was the University. And this is the funny part. It was just this week. I think it was the University of Colorado's athletic director. And they were asking him about the $5 million a year. And the man said, well, uh, well, we don't even have it yet, but we're going to get it. I'm like, "So, oh, so you're <laughs> even going to another school on good faith. They don't even, they don't even currently have it. So you couldn't give an HBCU or Jackson State some leverage. And, okay, they may not be able to get five, but so you're going to go off a good faith from the University of Colorado. Just because they're University of Colorado, and this man just did an interview, and said, "Well, we don't we don't have it yet, but we'll get it. we're gonna get it." I'm like, interesting, interesting. Yeah.
0: Well, I I also um I want to ask a couple of questions. Did you did both of you watch the video of him of his speech to the University of Colorado football team?
1: Oh yeah, I didn't get a chance to see no, it. No, oh I, yeah, because
0: I also yeah. found that weird. As one, I mean, yeah. I. As a player, one, and then two, as a, as a football coach too, I, I, I thought the messaging was weird too.
2: It, that imagine, it was like, Hey, play. I'm
0: showing, up, I'm showing up. My luggage is coming with me. My yep. son, he's your quarterback. He's going to have to earn it, but he's your quarterback. It sure as hell doesn't sound like he has to earn it.
2: Thank you. It's like, you know he what just, I mean? So
0: some of the looks on those kids face that I was looking at the video, they were like, dude, I, I'm.
2: they told him, there you go. He's like into he literally told them into the portal.
0: Yeah. Get in the portal.
2: Get out of here. So, how do you think that affects the development of the typical 21-year-old? I think this portal thing, I think it's cool but then I think it's damaging as well too. Because you're jumping from situation, I'm like that's not the real world. Yeah. Anything right worth right. having, you got to invest time. You got to put time in you just jump in left and all over the place. I saw some kid, it was on the news ticket, the kid is transferring for the fourth time. I'm like, and this is last time. Like, so you think, so you think you're going to be able to hop from job to job or, you know, situation to situation. How does that help in the development of these young men in regards to relationships? So then they jump in relationship, relationship, whether it's, you know, with a significant other, with friends, with businesses, all this, that there doesn't, it doesn't teach them um, commitment and dedication. And they're going to like you said trust they're looking at you know the coaches doing it and they're like okay I could do that. Eh, no you can't. Not when not when you come. if you don't get drafted and even if you get drafted you can't jump from oh I want to leave the Saints. I'm you looking know, there's no portal in either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. You're stuck. <laughs> no
2: portal. Your portal's getting cut and then believe me and then they may not need you. So it's it's like you got to look at these things from a long-term aspect on how, like I said, you're dealing with youth, 18 to 22 year olds that are in a critical developmental stage. And what Dion did to us in regards to the HBCUs, because, you know, Eddie George, Eddie George is the HBCU head coach. You know, did you, did you Mm -hmm. guys know that? I did did not know that. Mm -hmm. At Tennessee State. Yep. And he's doing, and he's doing such an amazing job that the state legislator had a meeting with Tennessee state's president asking her, how are you getting, how is your enrollment doubling? How are you getting all of the top student, African-American students out of Tennessee? Because guess what? They're not going to the University of Tennessee no more. They're not going to Chattanooga, right. they're going to Tennessee state. Right? And these white, old white guys are like, hold up, hold up, hold up, it's yeah. not meeting. All right, hold what's up. going on? Yeah. Exactly. And she, and she told them, she said, because we're providing them with a quality education for them to develop as individuals, and Eddie George is—you know—he's doing his thing. I'm like, okay, so how come they're not? There's not. There's no hype about Eddie George.
1: I don't. Yeah, I don't now that you brought to that to my attention, I would like to know that as well. I think he definitely deserves his flowers while he's doing an amazing
2: job, like you guys said.
0: How long has he been there, Anton? I'm not.
2: Ah, uh, Eddie. I think Eddie's been there. The equivalent. I think he's been there about three years as well, too. Okay. Three four years. Don't quote me, but I, I think it's around the same time when Dion came in, because okay. I think Dion came and then Eddie got the the the, the uh, job at Tennessee State. But see, nobody even knows about that.
0: No, you know, no, no.
2: So you know, we know about it in the HBCU community. <laughs> you know, and that's when we think people are like, and that's one thing too. People are like, oh, they thought Dion was gonna be our savior. Listen, I always had in the back of my mind, listen, this dude, he's not going to stay. I always, listen, we don't need any service, but we would love support and we would like the recognition that we deserve. And that's what we really want. And we want to get, you know, the flowers that, like you said, we deserve as, as institutions, not just for athletics. Of course, we want that. Hugh Jackson, exactly. Hugh Jackson is at Grambling, I believe. So, you know, point is, if you're going to commit to something, commit, really commit to it. And commitment takes time.
0: Well, I think at mm-hmm. bottom line, it comes down to a quality of of resources being provided to communities and education systems. That's what, that's what we're really talking about here. And you you know, minus the football coaches or anything like that. We just know that the, the, these, the, the funding follows football coaches. I mean, you can actually go into almost every United States, Um, And actually see the top 10 earners of each state is either an owner of an NFL team or the head football coach of the NFL team or the NCAA team.
2: There you go. Oh, we won't even, we won't even get it. So
0: yeah, we're, we're, we're talking about those are the top wage earners or income earners of that state.
2: Yep. And I think Dion, you know, I think Dion was doing these Aflac commercials with Nick Saban (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm serious that they probably had conversations and Dion started seeing the money that these guys are making and he's like you know what yeah it's prime time see there's a difference between Dion and prime time he the prime time came out he started thinking about his own pockets you know and I tell people too this is just me you know I think this it kind of showcases the me people and then the we people listen all of us need to earn a living. We all would like to make money, but i rather make money with a people that I trust and I'm comfortable around long term than the quick dollar. Right. OK, then I'm not. Had, I was in a situation like that when I was in the industry and I was miserable. I didn't like it. You know, I'd rather, you know, it's like, OK, oh, he may not get an offer like that again. Come on. He keeps winning i there's more than enough.
0: being born and raised in Youngstown, Ohio, if there was an option to like get to the top and make a shit ton of money really fast, there's a catch.
2: You know there what I mean? There, there's a there trap. You, go, you know what I mean? Don't there trust you it. You know
0: what I mean? That's a part there of my go. understanding, you know, like.
2: There you go. That's what we're saying. We're like, listen, let him go up there and stink it up. They're going to put him out and put his ass out on the street.
0: I mean, they just, they, like they, they threw Durrell's ass out real fast real quick they they didn't even let him have the opportunity to build even change the culture
2: here nope Nope. you know what
0: i mean and that's that's the big thing that i'm i'm interested in watching play out here in boulder
2: yeah exactly you know people like well what if jackson state fired him like jackson state was not going to fire him
0: like you know he had them on espn
2: dude he had them wrap (laughs) <laughs> they had him, they he had them wrapped around his finger. Like literally people, I know people on were like, listen, Anton, he was doing any and everything. We gave him total con, you know, total control of whatever you wanted. Okay. We didn't have a lot, but whatever we had, we gave to him. And well, it's like,
0: I know I follow, I follow Dion in, on Instagram. Um, and I know that, you know, one of the videos that he did release was his speech on the reason for his decision. You know, mm-hmm. and, and he used two words um, that I'm a word guy. Um, yeah. He used two words in that in that little press conference. Um, you know, you either are elevated or you're terminated as a coach.
2: Thank you. Right. Mm. Thank so
0: let's, you. Let's speak on that. And let me ask, is that Zach, maybe you could answer that. Is that a little bit of the player coming in?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, speaking from a player, player's perspective, that's kind of, you know, the attitude, you know, the, the league has with us um and you know it's 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 kind of messed up in a sense but you know it's a business and that's why i had to learn coming into the nfl it wasn't like what i imagined it as a kid growing up as a you know a teenager playing football playing in college it was totally different than when i got exposed to that side and it's like you, know, you can't be too mad at it but it's, it's a pretty detrimental system um as far as like how they treat players and how you know they're how we're seen as expendable so um, I I can definitely attest to you know how he could see it that way,
2: elevated or terminated. And Tom, what about you? And you know what? No, that's a fact, and we wouldn't have an issue with that if you didn't if he didn't come in trying to be the savior, you know. Mm-hmm. And I going back to a savior, not just the savior of Jackson State, of our entire culture of BCU. It would you
0: appear I mean? to me that his coaching style comes runs parallel with like a production company. Yeah, right. there's a lot of hype I, I, there, but a lot of, a lot of well i Well, and maybe, maybe it was just my interest level in seeing him kind of grow into that role and, and watching him do that. But, it, you know, there's this, you know, there's a lot of production around his coaching, around him being this role of a coach.
2: Oh, for sure. For sure. And you got to think about it. I call them children because they're children. One night, you're still a child to me. They're very gullible especially now they like the flash they like they're attracted to that which is great i don't have a problem with that okay but once you got them in there how are you really using that to develop them as men and what you say is different than what you do right okay what you Mm -hmm. do says everything right not what you say and just us we we you know uh, to us we're like okay why do you use us as a platform Why didn't you go? You know, HBCUs have been—we've been on our own. And well, I I think you kind of go to a Mac 10 or something. Yeah,
1: because it's the whole optics of it. You know, like I said, he's this heralded—he's this heralded—you know, NFL Hall of Famer, black guy. Why not go to HBCU? You know, coach kids that idolize him, look up to him, want to be him. You know, this, that, and the third. Uh, so you get why he do that, why well, why he did from that. His so that's just exactly. my, opinion. yeah,
2: for his thing. But to us, we're like, okay, wow, seriously, you could have went to t- Tennessee, Chattanooga, or something. Coach there, those kids would have known you as well too. Why are you gonna you? Why are you gonna once again use us and then desert us?
0: Well, and and you're speaking from that perspective, and as as the white man in this conversation, I can sit here and tell you, we're doing this again. Yeah, we're doing this Mm -hmm. again. We haven't. Why haven't we evolved out of this? And what I mean by that is, you know, let's talk about Dion the player. Right. Let's talk about Dion the player and how, you know, his athleticism really changed the game. Right. Oh, yeah. But let's also talk about Mm -hmm. his his showmanship and how Mm -hmm. that really grinded white America when he oh, was yeah. playing his showmanship, how he would showboat, how he would high step at the 40 yard line, high step, 40 yards in.
2: Mm-hmm. You know Prime, time. I mean? Prime <laughs> time, dude. I Prime loved time. it. I loved
0: it, man. <laughs> I loved Dion as the player. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like I, you know, but at the same time, there's that other other side of the coin where um, yeah. the white culture wasn't accepting of Dion the player and they, that, they didn't like the microphone being in his mouth. Hey, right? Mm-hmm. They wanted him to be quiet.
2: Thank how many you. how many
0: teams did he play on that the that the teams were like, oh geez, Dion's running his mouth again?
2: Exactly. And, and, and even look, organizations look,
0: oh. that tried to be quiet. And then now it seems like white culture is like, keep talking. Yes, yes, because you're gonna help our children now, right? You're gonna help <laughs> our children too.
2: Thank you. You're gonna bring all of these top recruits to Boulder, Colorado, so we can make money. Really? But guess what? Three years ago, we wouldn't have given you this job. Listen, you would have had to have been an assistant, and that's what we're like. Wow, we gave you your shot and you couldn't even stay you couldn't even stick out the commitment that you told you were going to give us and you know once again going back to the aspect of him lack of commitment towards these ch- these these young men and how they're going to look upon it and take it and use it and think oh this is oh so this is how life works this is how it works no you can't, you can't enter portal Every, you're not gonna you may not get a five million dollar year job. You know? You, you have y- to look you at it.
0: Wasting that one year in the portal might be the year that you absolutely needed.
2: There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Following him.
0: Well, yeah. you know, I also see um some local uh players here um in, in Boulder. Um some are walk-ons, correct? And have been meeting with them. They're they're excited, but they're also super nervous. They're they're yeah. they're they're basically, you know. Dion is not going to keep five walk-ons from a one in 10 team.
2: I highly doubt it.
0: You know what I mean? Like, so there's this, there, there is, there is already a change in the air in an environment of like no horseshit.
2: Yeah. Well, that's a regime change. I mean, I'll be honest with you. When I was in the music industry, same thing used to happen. We got a new president or record rep. They brought their people, you know,
0: they brought their team. They brought
2: their people. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you think about, you know, (laughs) look at, he, anyway, the dude Elon Musk. I mean, he didn't bring his people over, but he went there and just cleaned house, yeah. you know. But it's like, what? Okay, but what? How do you set an example for someone that followed you there, and then you got rid of? That's like me. Okay, I'm just use this as a, as a as a as a reference. I'm I'm at Sony. And my my v my my president gets a new job. My superior gets me a new job at RCA. He brings me over to RCA. Okay, then he leaves. Okay, but doesn't take me. And I'm sitting there. So like you said, now I'm in like oh wow. So I could have stayed at Sony. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? So now mm-hmm. you're putting me in an unstable situation. And that's what I'm going back to these young men. They could want this young man could have went to A and T. He could have went to Howard. No, he went to Jackson, and believe me, Jackson, Mississippi isn't Washington, D.C. It isn't Baltimore, it isn't Hampton, it ain't Atlanta. Okay, I went out here to the sticks with this guy, and now he's gone. And he's not taking me to Colorado with him.
0: I haven't seen a lot of reports of players that are on Jackson and and how they have felt. Have you guys seen any of that? I haven't i haven't either have it.
2: i haven't yeah, either
0: that's you know that's you know
2: another thing yeah. are, can they would are they even safe to express their feelings probably right. not right probably, probably not you can't really close talk, right? well
1: I, I i know i did see a video on via um tiktok i guess it was like it was at some it was it was at jackson it was kind of like the people was kind of like chanting for dion to leave like they were kind of like happy that he left. So that uh, mm-hmm. that was pretty interesting to hear. That so. is interesting.
2: Um, it's yeah. funny that you said it because I was hearing some rumbling, especially this year. They said he was just coming off as a cocky son of a down. Yeah. And was just really mistreating people. Uh, I mean, there was a couple of instances where some things happened, but, you know, it just seems like they said he really just started really feeling himself. And treating them like he, they were below him.
1: So. Yeah, man. So, like I said, I, I'm, I'm really interested to, you know, know exactly why he decided to leave ultimately. Um, and if it's just about the money, then, you know, that's a that's a that's a pretty sad, you know, way to go about it. Um, hopefully there's some deeper meaning that, you know, he hasn't just expressed yet, because um, that's what I really want to know as to, you know, why the sudden change or why not, you know, stick out the commitment. Same yeah.
0: Well, and you know, I'm gonna apologize because you know, in our personal text message, I I expressed how my excitement for Dion coming to Boulder, um, you know, <laughs> as as a as a white man that works specifically within the black culture, I was very excited. I'm like, thank God, there's some diversity, there's some stuff coming. Um, so, hey, listen,
2: yeah. from a sage elite standpoint, listen, it's a great opportunity for us because you know. If he's really about the development of young men, yes. Okay, okay. Let let okay. You 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 kind of, huh? Did did then stick to it in Jackson? Let's see what you do here now.
0: Yeah, let's take some of that iron yeah. and put it in the oven and melt it and see what it comes out. You know what I mean? Let's mold it then. You know exactly. So, yeah, I'm definitely interested in that. And like I like I said, I was super excited to just to, just to be able to have a a person that's seemingly leading men in the right direction. Again, that's kind of, it's kind of shaky now, as we kind of know that, you know, there's some folks that will probably feel abandoned, Um, you know, but, you know, as Sage Elite, we focus on, uh, you know, not only men, we focus on women, but you know, that athlete, athlete driven component there. um, Definitely excited to, to kind of help out some of the, the, the team there too. Uh, we're already helping mm-hmm. out some of the members on the team um, and, and really just, you know, helping them focus, getting them ready to get ready to be able to walk on too, you know? Oh yeah. So it's, Zach, it's, you he got your hands cut out for me, my friend.
2: He's definitely going to bring a culture <laughs> there. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely going to bring a culture there. And listen, if my thing is with me, I'm very transparent. If, if this is what it is, just say that. Don't right. tell me one thing and then do something. Hey Dion, if it's about the money, Cool. Yeah. Say this this coaching position, this coaching job, is a stepping stone for me, and I'm gonna do the best that I can to my ability to help the school out while I'm here. Boom, boom. boom. Right. Don't, but don't come in here acting like you're the great savior and then do this. You know, that's right. All
1: right. Just, just be just be transparent with your intentions. Thank
2: you, Zach.
0: Well, um, I mean, you know the the number one word for the year of 2022 is gaslighting.
2: So, there you go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so uh, I mean, seeing a lot of that going on lately. So <laughs> I tell you,
2: man, I tell you that that's a tanker full of gas right there. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I mean, I think you know, moving forward, um, you know, what do you what do you think the next step is for HBCU, Anton, um, in regards to trying to one increase uh, resources coming in and, and trying to compete with that recruiting? What's the next step?
2: I think it's a lesson learned. Um I think that okay, I think and I hope that they look at and evaluate the individuals, not just the hype that they bring, okay? Not just the attention that they bring. Okay? Some attention isn't all some attention isn't always good atten- attention because if the attention is the individual not the HBCUs, how's that helping the HBCUs? See what I mean? See, they were mm-hmm. the attention in the media was there because of Dion. We need to shift the focus on the attention being on HBCUs, what they offer, what they, how they help the players. The coach is just a piece of that, okay? And he needs to be a piece. Uh, be a be he wants to be a piece of that. And I think also that they, they're going to put in safeguards. To okay, Dion, if you leave, well, guess what? You'll be penalized, or you'll get this. I think. They maybe need to tighten up on their business and stop being so welcoming to someone who isn't Eddie Robinson Jr., who you know is blood, sweat, tears HBCU. Mm-hmm. He is committed to the development of the HBCU culture and play. Not an I'm gonna be honest with you, not an outsider, but I think overall, you know, even for you know what I see my president at my university is doing. I go back to my campus and I'm like, wow. Like, I'm amazed at the new buildings, construction, everything that's just going up. It's mind boggling. It's mind boggling. And I think, you know, we need to, and I know know it's based on the state and the financing and the presidents, but it's like, okay, let's highlight what HBCUs were really about. And that was the overall... Talent in regards to individuals' education, not just sports. Not just sports.
0: Right, right.
2: Okay, let's highlight because with that, if we do that, the top athletes, we may not get them all, but we'll get we'll get enough. And I tell people too, and this is a ama- main. This is one thing I want to tell any everyone out there: you could go to the HBCU and still get drafted. Don't ever let nobody tell you that you can't. The NFL. If you have NFL talent, they will find you. They're gonna believe, kick, yeah. They will find you,
1: and most 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 importantly, on top of that, um, use football as um, I want to say a conductor to really develop a skill, develop um, a professional love outside of sport. Yes, uh, we all know the we all know the percentage of players that make it to the NFL is very short. Uh, you know every everyone can go pro so you you really need to use that time and those resources to really educate yourself on things outside of the sport um that's why i'm i'm fortunate enough to you know hear about how hbcus are kind of structured through you and and all of the services they provide you know black people outside of football because that's what that's what i like like I, I went to a career academy in high school so i have a i actually have a um a degree in carpentry Mm -hmm. and that's a skill that i wish you know i could have used um outside of football now you know through the grace of god and through you know my hard work and blessings i was able to go pro but had i not um i I would have loved to you know kind of build a career around you know being car being a carpenter Mm because um i don't see you know that many black carpenters or you know welders or um architectural designers like these are all majors my high school has so yeah um that was kind of something that I was leaning towards you know in case sports didn't work out
2: and it's funny that you said that because I'm sorry Mark those careers guess what they're they're lacking finding quality people in that mm-hmm. those fields right now and they're offering yep. big time bucks
0: big time bucks big-time no student <laughs> loans
2: there you go yeah and
0: I, I was just gonna say I think you know representation matters
2: it does it you does know? And, you know, I, and listen, even if you do get drafted, guess what? That's going to be gone one day. The NFL is over. Mm-hmm. And players like Antoine Bethea, who went to HBCU, and others that I've seen, guess what? They've transitioned smoothly because they know who they are besides just being an athlete because they were taught mm-hmm. that going to HBCU. Okay, you want a football team, so. <laughs> we don't yeah. care. Like, oh, it's cool, but we don't care. Like, oh, oh. Team. where where you play okay whatever devil's advocate question
0: <laughs> i mean you would think that the powers that be that are controlling the f- football world they would see the benefit of hbcu's and put more resources in hbcu's to find more
2: athletes listen we don't have the 80,000 seed stadium. Right? Yeah, I'll say they, they already
1: got the infrastructures that they other schools so they, they, that's what they but got no
0: that's of. but that's what i mean i'm thinking like business wise why wouldn't that be a part of it all? If you if you want this big mainstream pipeline, you want all the pipelines
2: because they're HBCUs, right? They that's, don't. That's I, the they, point. They, they that's what want, I wanted
0: you to answer
2: because <laughs> yeah. they're HBCUs. They don't want to give them. They don't want to get. To, they don't want it to get to a point where we have more power than the SEC or the Big Ten or D. Mm-hmm. Because guess what, it's not theirs. It's ours,
0: right? Exactly,
2: and that's a fact,
0: man. Well, wow! I, a lot, I what an awesome conversation. Um, it's so much more that we could go into with this, um, Anton. Oh, yeah. I want to I want to have you back on on the podcast and and learn more about the man, Anton Barnes, and where he comes from and and all oh, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, so, I, I, I
1: definitely want to hear about you know more in depth of your experience at Morgan Morgan State. That's what I really you know want to know personally. But yeah. We definitely like to have you back on to kind of delve deep into that. I
2: will be back. You guys just let me know. I'll be back,
0: man. And I tell you what, it was an honor to have you. And and I mean this, uh, it's an honor to have you on the team at Sage Elite, helping us build this and and really change the game. I mean that's what we're trying to do. So I really appreciate you. Thank you so much.
2: Hey, now you know I'm committed from day one. So what we're what we're accomplishing at Sage Elite, it personally touches me. So you know I'm here. I'm not doing the Dion. Now let me stop. <laughs> Uh, well
0: please don't (laughs) Uh, and and again we'll get you back on and and we're going to dive deeper into mr anton barnes but again thank you so much for providing some insight um you know some perspective from from the hbcu definitely need that um i think a lot of talking heads are doing a lot of talking and they don't have that experience so i appreciate you coming on and sharing that with us
2: for sure. If you didn't go to HBCU, I don't even want to hear you talking about. Exactly.
0: <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Anton, and see you down the road. Thank you, Thanks.
2: Thank you for listening to Believe.